The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Hi, everyone. It's Steven Schleicher from MajorSpoilers.com. You are about to listen to Zach on Film, where we are going to talk about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the brand new movie that just came out yesterday, today, last week, depending on when you're listening. Hello, future people. Uh, critics who have reviewed this movie have been embargoed to not include spoilers. We sign no such agreement. So this podcast <laughs> is going to be full of spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, do not listen to this podcast. In fact, I would suggest don't listen to this podcast until after you have seen Batman v Superman because there are some really cool parts in this movie and some potential spoiler stuff that could ruin it for you. So don't, uh, don't complain to us if you listen to this episode before you go see that movie. Or maybe you can listen to the first minute or so where we will tell you whether you go and see that movie or not. So without further ado... And welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. I am, of course, that said, Zach. Right across the table from me is the one Steven Schleicher. Hello. Hello, Steven. Next to him, the one and only, the infamous Rob. Hi. Hey, Rob. Special guest this week on the podcast, taking it wicka 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 younger than me. What's up, Mason? Hey. Hey. Mason is joining it. He was on a film a while ago. What was yeah, he Yeah, it was the last one that you did. Was it... Um it was the brain one. It was the uh, Inside Out. Yeah. I think you oh, did that yeah. one. Uh, and I of course, you did Ant-Man with us. Oh, you did Ant-Man too? No, I was in your for okay. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, um, <laughs> the reason why he's here today is because he went and saw Man of Steel. Oh, right. And so, of course, he's a, big, uh, he's a big superhero fan, so yes. he wanted to see this, right? Yeah. All right, Zach, before we get into this, I yes. said that maybe we should just take a moment and everybody just give a non-spoilery... Like it, don't like it, see it, don't see it. <laughs> okay. Comment. Okay. Let's right. do that. Mason, do you think people should go watch Batman v Superman? Yes. Yes. Great. Rob, what are your thoughts? Quickly. Yes. Wow, that was a weird answer. Steven. If you like comic book movies and you like DC Comics, I really think you're going to enjoy this movie. And as for myself, uh, go see it. Now, just as a counterpoint before yeah. everyone is like, Ooh, you guys don't live DC anyway. I will say that there is a woman who walked out in front of us who said that this was the worst movie she had ever seen. Oh, wow. And that it's the worst Batman and or Superman movie she had ever seen. Interesting. But Which she I was said she's still out of fun time. Well, she did say she's still out of fun time, even though this is the worst movie she's ever seen. Well, that says a lot about movies. You can still have fun, <laughs> even though they could potentially be horrible. All right. Now, spoiler time, right, Okay. Um, Where do you want to go? Well, do we want to start off with the funnies? 
Oh, Do we want to start off with a straight lady? How about this? Oh, my God, that was amazing. See, if you hadn't said anything, I would have completely forgot about <laughs> no, it. No, okay, no, no, so it needs to be documented. Here, here it isn't, okay, so every episode we talk about our horrible AMC <laughs> experience, right? Yeah. This time, it was freaking awesome because lights go down, trailer comes on. And we see trailers for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yes. Ghostbusters, yes. and X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. And then comes up one called, uh, what is it? Uh, Conjuring 2. Conjuring 2. First off, it starts. It pans up. Like, creepy house. Like, 1945. I'm like, dear God, why did they put a trailer like this in the movie? <laughs> and so, uh, I thought it was the remake of The Omen, which is coming out. I thought this was the first trailer for this, but no, it's not. So, at the very end of the trailer, for those of you who have not seen this trailer yet... Little girl wakes up and all the crosses in the room start turning upside down, turning upside yes. down, turning upside down. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it pauses and there's a little dark space. <laughs> and out of this dark space, something comes out. <laughs> and knowing that Zach is scared of scary movies, <laughs> who is the only person in the theater who jumped and screamed? And screamed. <laughs> jumped, ladies and gentlemen, and screamed. Hey, Everyone around us I was wasn't ex- laughing their asses off. I was, was honestly so expecting something to come through the wall. <laughs> and then something comes out of the shadows, and I screamed and like jumped up in the air and grabbed my sweater. <laughs> And there was Were someone... you scared, Mason? I jumped a little. Thank you, Mason. Probably but, not but, as much as... No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Everyone around us was laughing. Someone thanked me, and they said I made the night wonderful. They just could not stop laughing. I oh, agree. It, was, it was very funny. It was the best. All right. Now that we got... Other than that, uh, the only other complaint that I have is toward the end sounded like one of their speakers blew because I kept hearing this buzzy, buzzy sound in the uh, kind of the treble. I do kind of remember that, but I didn't know if that was just yeah, weird sound stuff. Yeah, I didn't know if it was intentional stuff. or not, but yeah. that, that was our AMC experience. Yeah, not sure. horrible this time. No, 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 it was fine. Yeah. Okay, so um, I don't even know where to start. Should we, where do you want to start? We got a Batman story at the beginning. We did, yeah. we did the Batman origin, start I, the film. So of all the things that I would have taken out, I would have taken out that opening, let's tell the death of of uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne yeah. and the finding of the Batcave, I would have taken that out because later in the movie, towards the end, they do that flashback. Mm-hmm. And I think, I would say 90% of audiences know what those flashback images mean. The, the gun, the pearls, the falling down a well. I think yeah. everyone, everyone around the world would know that. And I think you could take out that opening sequence Trim the movie up a little bit, but it would still read narratively really well. That being said, I, I wasn't. It wasn't horrible. No, it wasn't horrible. I also agreed. I also kind of liked their titles. I was like, oh, the titles are nice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm okay with it. I didn't like the opening sequence at all. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, you could have like gotten rid of it with him, with Stephen on the everybody. Can everybody knows Batman's origin story? It's been around for almost a friggin' century at this point. More than 75 years. They did make a nice 1938 reference. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We don't need it anymore. Yeah. And I really, really didn't like how the pearls broke. It was very CG. Uh, Not even the CG. But the the gun. It got caught on the back of the gun, so when his gun fired and pulled back, it broke. That was so... So here's the thing. And I know... uh, here's Here's why I think... First of all, I'll say I think the critics... Are smoking something because this is a very yeah, very well, let's fun start movie. There. Let's start there. I think 
I had no expectations for this film at all. I thought it was going to be garbage from the first, not from the first trailer. The first sneak peeks we saw, mm-hmm. I thought this, it was going to be fun. First trailer, I thought it looked like garbage. Yeah. I had no expectations. The Rotten Tomato score started rolling in mm-hmm. late last night. I'm like, oh, yep, that makes sense. 32%. Totally agree. Is that what it's at now? I, I, don't, I haven't checked it today. That was I'm going to bet that it's going to change once I think it see was, that. I think but they're here's, totally wrong. Here's the thing. <sighs> And it's and it's so from comic book fan standpoint, they did a really great job because for those of those of you who have seen the Dark Knight uh, have read uh, Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. that is the sequence in the book where the how the pearls and the necklace break. Likewise, uh, later in the movie where uh, the nuke goes off and Superman is getting re-energized by the sun, totally from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, that being said. If that bothered you, Rob, have you read Dark Knight Returns? I thought I have. So I know no, I've watched the animated one that came yeah, out yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago. So, but that that then is part of the movie's failing. Is if Zack Snyder was trying to create the comic bookiest of all comic book movies, he'd succeeded. Mm. But if it's at the cost of the loss of the audience, which I think is also another big problem in the movie, if it's at the cost of the loss of the audience who is following this then it does fail. So mm-hmm. while I'm super excited about it, I can see why the person in front of us was the worst movie ever because she's not familiar with the source material. And because of that, yes, the movie could be considered a failure and critics could pan it negatively. Now, that being said, Mason knew that Superman was going to die ahead of time. Not because he's read Doomsday or The Death of Superman or The Death and Return of Superman or because they've seen it in the cartoons or watched the animated movie, though you probably have seen the animated movie. What gave it away to you, Mason? Um, when we were opening the two gravity feeds... From the Dice Masters World's Finest, the brand new one from WizKids. I saw, um, a Doomsday card. Mm Mm-hmm. And it had Superman's killer on it, so I knew that when Hmm. Doomsday got introduced, I knew that Superman is going to be killed in this movie. Oh, spoiler right there. Superman does die in this movie. Yes, he does. What Which, I know oh, you can keep talking. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, I was like, I was thinking like, oh my God, what if they really do kill Superman? I and mean, what if, if Superman in the next movie, and then I forgot, you idiot, you've read this comic, he comes back to life. Yeah. I was like, but what if he doesn't? We also have Man <laughs> of Steel 2, which is on the slate yeah. from, from Warner Brothers. Um, we have Wonder Woman, which is the next movie that's coming out. Uh, in June, yeah, of, in June, uh, what? 2017. Oh, I was like, okay. What? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> if if they were smart and if they were done shooting everything, they'd get it out this June and just surprise the hell out of everyone. Um, so we do have some time Drop to like tell the return of Superman. And if you stay until the very moment when the screen goes black, you will know that Superman's coming back. But again, yes, mm-hmm. comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about the other uh, elephant in the room. Does this movie redeem Man of Steel? Interesting. And see, that is the point that... Because that's the whole plot of this movie. Right. So, um, when I got interested in this movie is when they showed Bruce watching the destruction of Man of Steel. I'm like, oh, okay, this will be interesting. Mm -hmm. That's when I got it. And so... I heard of that sequence actually really bothered me. Really? Why? They didn't start evacuating until after Bruce Wayne called. Like, the ship is... Over the city, dropping down. They're looking oh, out the window as it comes several, down. That's several blocks away. There's an alien attack on Metropolis. They don't know. They don't know, Rob. It's mass, like, it's they, mass they, you paranoia. You start seeing stuff 
like other buildings falling down outside the windows, and they wait until Bruce Wayne says, "Get out of there." There's a really to important get out meeting. Of there. There's a really important meeting, Rob. I don't <laughs> have a job that is worth my life. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, we could all look to a real world example. And mm-hmm. we could look at something like that event and say, well, why wasn't the building evacuated? Because they were told to stay in the building. Right? Mm-hmm. Many of the people were told mm-hmm. to stay in the building until it was clear that it was time to get the F out of the building. Yeah. So if we're going to make an allegory to something real world, and certainly with the events that happened uh, back, what was it, 15 years ago now, yeah. um, if we're making that comparison... Some of the things do make sense in the way that they're telling that story. Um, well, I, I mean, I, to my, I thought the sequence was great because I thought it, while any building falling sequence and it's in America has allusions mm-hmm. back to that day, and I thought this definitely did with the oh, yeah, yeah. thing. It was oh, yeah, very, yeah. very evident what they were right. doing. And so, I mean, I thought it played really well when you've seen all the footage mm-hmm. from like, on the street level of mm-hmm. the people and how they're reacting. I thought it worked really well. Did you like that sequence where Bruce Wayne was going into the city and seeing Superman fighting Zod and uh, all the buildings falling down, Mason? Yeah. Did that bother you, or did that... It didn't bother me at all. Okay. But you know a lot of people were dying, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> everyone's big argument is... Yeah. Uh, all this death and destruction, how is that going to be addressed in this movie? Because right. how dare you do another movie after all of that death and destruction... And not address this. And they mm-hmm. do address this in the fact that the government, uh, or at least the committee, is very much, should Superman be doing all this crap? Mm-hmm. Should he not be doing all this crap? Does he go unchecked? Look what happened in Metropolis. Can we let this happen again? Let's make Superman answerable to his crimes. And because Lex Luthor is the ultimate villain in this mm-hmm. and really plans things out ten steps ahead, um, he finds a, a Wayne employee, which is foreshadowed early on in the in that opening sequence right. to be his uh, patsy. He's able to uh, connive and convince the senator that he should, uh, what she should be doing to mm-hmm. put her disruptive. And he, and so it sets that up very well that in order for Superman to answer his crimes, he has to show up to Congress at which point Lex Luthor <laughs> blows up the Capitol yeah. building. I mean, we, I mean, we know it's Lex Luthor. Right. The, every, everybody else doesn't, but everyone is dead set on this being Superman's fault. And we do see, I think, throughout the course of this movie, Superman weighing the cost of all the lives that were mm-hmm. lost because of his actions. Mm-hmm. Do you agree, Rob? Yeah. Like, uh, that is... Honestly, it feels like that's 95% of the intent of the movie is to mm-hmm. address that. Mm-hmm. And a part of it feels like they're not addressing it because that was the intent to, from the get-go when right. the uh, entire thing was announced. They're addressing that because that's what a lot of the critics were complaining about from right. Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go, again, we're some of the few people that actually thoroughly enjoyed Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like every, everybody else hated it. You, Zach didn't like it. I fell asleep in it. Yeah, that's right. Never watched it again. <laughs> uh, but it was like you and I are some of the few yeah. people who actually, like, yeah, yeah no. I enjoyed it. Mason enjoyed it. Uh, so I don't know, but it feels like they're. I don't want to say pandering, but the whole reason they're answering those well, questions well, isn't because that's what the story they intend. I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think that if so, if this movie is a dr- direct reaction to the response to Man of Steel and not a long-term plan, yes. I still think it worked. If, yes. Even if it is, I think 
because from my standpoint, this movie was just going to be two hours of fighting. Mm-hmm. And instead, it was, I don't look at my watch, but I think it was like an hour and a half of really honestly addressing that whole narrative of Man of Steel through Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. through Lex, through through the, uh, through, the guy that got his legs chopped absolutely, off. Absolutely. Yeah. Through Superman himself talking mm-hmm. about it. And this was way more of a character movie than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. I saw Mason, I saw you wiggling around a lot during the movie. Did, were there some parts that were boring for you? Um, Sometimes I felt like the movie was just giving out things. Like what? Almost like this was happening, then this happened, then oh, this happened. Oh, they were happened. throwing too much information out? Yeah. Yeah. And some people have said that a lot of the stuff is very disjointed in the way that the story is told, like what's going on with this sequence where it's the desert oh. and Batman's a commando in the desert and these Superman troops show up and all this crazy well, stuff. That I, will address, <laughs> yeah. I will address that in a moment. Yeah, let's get, okay. that, let's get to that later. I will address but that in a moment. the disjointedness of it, I definitely felt that because they weren't just telling one character story. They were telling Batman's right. story, right. Superman's story. Bruce Wayne's? They were telling Bruce Wayne's story, well, yeah, too. And Lex Luthor's story, yeah. which was very in-depth. And, and so Lois it was, Lane's story. Yeah, and it was jumping around, mm-hmm. and at times, was it sequenced the best and edited tightly and kept in a really flowing manner? I don't think so. I, I don't think yeah. it, they really nailed sequences together on their own. I thought honestly that they were great sequences. Now, Mason's a young kid and may not know a lot about parallel storytelling or just, you know, flashback storytelling, which a lot of this was going on. Yeah. But um, at the end where it's Clark Kent's funeral Mm -hmm. and then we cut to the Lex Luthor in jail with the Batman visit, confused Mason, right? Mason thought it was happening at the same time. Well, I will agree. I was like, wait, Oh, it took me until after the whole sequence is over, and then you went back to Bruce. Like, oh, flashback. It threw me off right at the uh, when Bruce was leaving the cemetery, Mm -hmm. and it was into a cornfield. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, for one, why the crap is it a cornfield and not a wheat field? They're well, in Kansas. Uh, we do Eastern, corn. Ca- Eastern Kansas has a lot of corn. We have a lot of corn. That's that's mostly what yeah. was when I was growing up. Yeah, we have corn. a lot of corn. Sorry, Nebraska. But Nebraska's all corn. Get out of here. <laughs> Screw you all. <laughs> I, don't think corn, or I don't think corn when I think of Kansas. I think well, wheat. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I honestly thought he was like leaving Wayne, like the gates yeah, of yeah. Wayne yep. Manor and that he had planted a yeah. field to... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, to honor, yeah. like, like he started a farm right there to <laughs> honor the Kents. Like, like, it was like this... I was like, well, that's kind of nifty. And then in just like the graveyard, I'm like, oh. Now eh. I see. So let me ask you this next question, because you said you thought it was going to be a big old fight. Just fight, yeah. fight, 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 fight. Uh, Bruce Wayne is super conflicted. I mean, he really blames Superman for everything that has happened. Mm-hmm. And as we find out at the end of the movie, Lex has been manipulating him by sending him messages and doing these things to get him to go after Superman. Yeah. Um. Is Bruce is Batman justified in everything that he's doing in the movie to try to take down Superman? No. Oh Why no, not? I don't think anyone. No, is. I mean I'm not talking about morally or anything like that. But from the from the story standpoint, is it set up enough to where oh. you understand why Bruce Wayne slash Batman is so angry and so oh. wants to bring down Superman? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think I think sort so. of. I think so because I mean I think that is partly why you do need to include the deaths of his parents mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. because it shows his reaction to death and how it's not great and he doesn't like people who cause intentional death, mm. which I think Superman, you could definitely sway that Superman caused a lot of intentional death in Metropolis. 
And so right. I think I, I mean I think he did. I think he had a reason to hate Superman and want to take him down. Okay. So what were you going to say? Uh, I th- the a lot of the Batman action sequences lost me. Why? He was using lethal ordnance. Okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. How many times did did you see Batman actually kill somebody? A lot of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not counting not counting the dream desert sequence. Okay. He's because that was a dream. And if you have a dream of killing someone does not make you a killer. Or it could be a flash forward. No one's or, for sure. Or I'll tell you what my theory is in a moment. But I don't think it's a flash forward, flash and I don't forward. necessarily think that it is a dream sequence. <laughs> Rob, but he what still were you killed s- a lot of people. In his dream. Okay, tell me where he killed people. Yeah, small child. Closer <laughs> to the end where they saved um that one lady. Uh, Martha a, Kent. Yeah, he killed Superman's a lot mom. of people. <laughs> so let's let's take a look at that. Did he kill them? Did he knock Who? them out? Uh, Batman. Oh, the did guys he kill, at the end. Did he kill the guys that were trying to harm Martha? He killed. He it definitely is, killed one of them. Which one? The one with the torch. No, he shot the tank, and then yeah, it exploded. The tank. The, he shot the tank, which immediately sprayed okay. into the already I can, lit. I knew flame. that. That's the one that most people will, or, will talk about. Or how about when he's just dragging a car with his Batmobile <laughs> and he, he threw he it? Bounced the car. Mm. He may not have mm. intended to kill them. But there is a. He had no idea that the car was going to land exactly where it did. We also, and I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here. So mm-hmm. I also don't care if he killed someone. I'm just going to throw okay. that out there. Okay, I'm just being devil's advocate. No, that's fine. I do believe that there were some deaths directly from his hand. Um, but if you watch that film carefully, you never see anyone in the car. Right. You do not know that people are in the car. When the car swings around and hits the um, back of the tra- tractor trailer truck, doesn't take anyone out. When you see the car finally flip and land on the other car in front of it, it doesn't land directly on top. It actually lands on the front side. Because <laughs> he's going to be able to plan that. Eh, yeah, I mean, he's I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying from the storytelling perspective, if people are like so concerned that Batman's killing people left and right, if you go in there, especially during the Martha uh, Kent saving sequence, he doesn't kill anyone until the very end. Again, it, it's not directly from Dark Knight Returns, but there is a sequence in a Batman story where he is basically put into that situation of, I'm going to kill her, and Batman's like, I know you're going to. He doesn't shoot a person. Mm-hmm. He sh- does something else. Very much like we saw in Batman Begins with Ra's al Ghul, where the train's about to run off. He's like, you, gotta, you, can't, you don't kill people. And he's like, I also don't have to save you either. Mm-hmm. Right, so in Batman's weird, twisted world, <laughs> I'm sure he has a justification for killing. Yeah. If, people are, if people are going to point to the desert sequence of Batman killing people, I say, no, that's a dream sequence. Doesn't count. Doesn't count if it's a dream. I, I, I'm not going to argue, no. It, it's, I'm sure you have had many dreams. dream necessarily. I'm sure you have had many dreams where you are the hero of the story, Rob. Unfortunately, it's just a dream. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to discount the fact that you know those deaths don't count right, again. Right. Like that was that was fine. Right. Like once I realized it was in the not the current story. Right. Uh, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the guy with the grenade. Uh, no, 
Batman just knocked it out of his hand. It was that guy's fault to decide <laughs> if he wanted to jump for the grenade, which he did. That guy didn't really have a choice either. No, the guy should have run the, the other direction. No, he, could, he was scampered. already on the ground. He could have no, scampered. He, he scampered towards. Scampered. The, he scampered towards the grenade. Mm-hmm. He could have backed up. That's all I'm saying. I'm scampered. saying not far enough. Indirectly, <laughs> yes. Indirectly, Batman killed a lot of people, and I only counted two people directly that he killed. <laughs> well, one was. The guys in the back of the truck that were shooting the guns at him with the bat plane, and he, oh, yeah, and he just totally yeah, blew dead. up those trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one would be the guy with the flamethrower. But when he blew up the flamethrower, it blew up the whole building with all the people in it knocked out. Oh, yeah, maybe. So we don't know. Probably we're all killed knowing that blew up the could, building. Could be. We Did don't it blow know, up the right? Building? Uh, it windows blew out. Didn't blow up the building, uh, but there was enough... There. But uh, another problem I had with that in that sequence, he takes what two or three bullets to the helmet, and yeah. then a knife goes through his mm-hmm. chest, like armor, armor, and the, the armor in the valuable place, yeah, soft in the other places. That's not valuable. I mean, it is, but like a gunshot wound there is going to take you down. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I, yes, you can. People can go in and be super nitpicky. Go watch the Terminator. Well, Go watch Die Hard. Go watch any other movie that has. Go, go watch any Sylvester Stallone movie. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the exact they're, same. They're getting riddled with bullets, and it doesn't matter. Right. He explicitly has armor to deflect this, and then all of a sudden he gets stabbed, and it it doesn't make sense there. Like it pulled me out for a moment again. Uh, a lot lot of Batman's stuff just kept pulling me away from the movie. Mm-hmm. I so yes. So again, before people are like, "Oh, Steve, he did kill." Listen, I'm being devil's, devil's advocate here so people can't say that we didn't bring it up <laughs> and we don't try to justify both sides of the argument. I do believe that he was responsible for people's deaths. On the other hand, Batman in this movie, I felt, for those people who have been watching the Daredevil series, Batman in this, uh, in this film felt very much like the Punisher to me. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a product of Batman hmm. doing this for 20 years mm-hmm. and he's fed up and tired with everything. Well, he's branding people. Yeah. That's yeah. not great. No, so <laughs> I think that he's, I mean, it's definitely a different change, and yes, I yeah. know people are going to argue, Batman doesn't use guns, Batman doesn't kill, but yes, I know. That's in the comics. This is a movie, this is somebody else's different interpretation on it. You know, at one point, they had a whole story where Batman was in the uh, Victorian area. It's an elsewhere story. It's someone's take on that subject. Mm. So, um, yeah. Awesome story. I would have, yeah, it is. It actually is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would agree that, yes, Batman is a little unhinged, and he comes off more as the Punisher to me in this movie, which was somewhat of a letdown. That being mm. said, holy crap, I thought Ben Affleck did a fantastic job. Oh, frick yeah, he's yes. Batman, man. Yes, Ben Affleck was a phenomenal did choice. Did you like the so good. Batman? Yeah. Did you like Batman? Yeah. There you go. I did, too. I mean, <laughs> I really thought the character of Batman was, while... Dark mm-hmm. as a as a as a as a dark knight that he is right. Um, and boy, did they bring that knight part up again oh, and again and again sure. in this movie. Um, I don't feel like he was unwantonly like dark and depressed for unreason unreasonable reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he had a good story arc. Yeah, there's probably some. If you want to go back to the history of Batman, questionable things Batman did. If you go back far enough, mm-hmm. um, but really, I thought. I really thought it was a good Batman. I really I thought really it was better than some of the for the Nolan stuff. Uh, definitely thought it was better than the third Nolan. Oh movie. gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Th- I still think that the uh, Dark Knight, the Joker, 
one is still really a good Batman movie. Dark Knight is such a great well, movie. Well, Batman Begins not so good, yeah, either, yeah, but so I mean, but, yeah. I really like Ben Affleck in this, and I think if He's people really are good. really like Ben Affleck, I hate Ben Affleck. I'm not going to see this movie because no. Ben Affleck's like no. he's no. good in Argo. Yeah, he, was he was good in Argo. He's good in this movie. He's good in a he lot needs of movies. Direct he was movie. good in Gone Girl. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And word is he'll be heavily working involved with the Batman movie. Yeah, that's that's a, a great hope and a need. Yeah. Um, so give us your grand theory about... Oh, are we there already? Uh, well, oh, there's one just, more thing. Okay. There's one other thing I before we get into it. the big scope of this. Okay. So the other thing that people uh, complain a lot is, why are Batman and Superman fighting? They don't fight. They're best buddies. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, yeah. Well, in, I want to talk about so this. So in the comics... Yeah. In the comics, superheroes meet for the first time, and they may have different ideologies. Mm-hmm. They may have had somebody's uh, hand been forced. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, they realize that, oh, we're just being assholes, mm-hmm. and we need to work together. Right. And from that standpoint, if you go back and read a lot of the Silver Age stuff where they're fighting each other and beating on each other, and Batman and Superman, and during the Silver Age, during the happy time of comics, do fight quite a bit because they're forced to. Mm. Sometimes there's a winner, sometimes there's not a winner in this. But what's interesting is this sequence was set up very much like you find in comic books. Lex oh, yeah. Luthor yeah. has his mom, has Superman's mom, mm-hmm. and is threatening to kill if he does not go and kill Batman, mm-hmm. right? With the no- and Of course, Lex Luthor has this knowledge that um, Batman has the capabilities of killing Superman, so right. he's it for the fun. Superman tells Lois, he's like, look, I've got to go and convince him to help me or I have to kill him. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't go just flying off saying, okay, I'm going to kill him like Lex Luthor wants me to, because Superman does say at the very part, beginning, I don't want to kill you. If I wanted you dead, you would have been dead already. Right. And so he's beating him up, trying to convince him that I can defeat you no matter what happens. Mm. And it <laughs> isn't until he says Martha, mm-hmm. which triggers Batman to go, wait a minute, that's my mom's name. What are you, why are you saying her name? <laughs> that's my and mom. Then it, and then it's explained that he's like, holy crap, here is someone who I blame for killing all these people's death, mm-hmm. and I am doing the exact same thing. I'm going to take someone's child, mm-hmm. kill someone's child. Mm-hmm. Some mother is still alive out there, and he suddenly has this realization that what he's been doing is wrong. Right. So from that standpoint, I thought it was very comic book related. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, even for I think forget comic book, I feel like it is just a well-set-up storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... And people like Batman, Superman, their friends. I'm like, have you read a comic? They have different thoughts about freaking everything. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't get along. They have different thoughts. They don't like each other. No, they, I mean, they I mean, like each I mean, other. But sometimes they, do have, they, they don't. Do have Even different in the Justice League, yes. they, like, argue about things. Right. So it's not unreasonable. Right. Friends fight. Right. Right. But so, they don't beat each other and try to stab each other with the kryptonite uh, spear. Well, maybe if Rob had superpowers, he would try it every once in a while. I probably <laughs> would have to try to take him down, too. Yeah. <laughs> See? And so... I mean, I really thought it was set up so well because it wasn't just, oh, we're going to fight right mm-hmm. now all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Superman was conflicted about Batman. Batman, well, he wasn't at first. He then was at the end, but he was up the whole rest of the movie very conflicted about mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, I really thought it was, I was expecting so much more fighting from them, and I love that fight sequence so much because it wasn't over-the-top craziness. Mm-hmm. It was like controlled, obviously because Superman doesn't have his powers, but it was just, I thought that sequence was really well done. And I like the fact that, again, this movie tries super, super hard to tell people, hey, remember all that destruction we caused last time? 
maybe this is the apology that they're doing in it because the Batman Superman fight takes place in an abandoned part yeah. of the city. Yeah. Um, the part where Doomsday destroys uh, some of the buildings in Metropolis. Um, the news anchors are saying it's after hours, so most of downtown right. is empty, so very little loss of life. Right. Even when Doomsday threw Superman into the building, we saw the facade shatter. We didn't see the building come down. Right. And uh, when Batman pulls him into the harbor, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's like, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry, it's empty. Yeah. He, he specifically <laughs> yeah. says that. He's like, don't worry, this is empty. And she becomes the voice of the audience in this mm-hmm. when she's like, why are you bringing him back into the city? This is essentially screaming what the audience was to say is, this is exactly what happened in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, it's empty. It's mm-hmm. vacant. Uh, yeah. So it's it's almost the equivalent of Batman saying rubber bullets, honest. Mm-hmm. What what were your thoughts on the, on that? Uh, the Batman versus Superman fight was very very comic booky, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. with how much Batman did before he even bothered to take away Superman's powers. Right. Uh, like at the, at the very beginning, instead of having the sonic weapon, which the sonic weapon was, was fantastic, awesome. yeah. I can love that they used yeah, the they sonic used weapon that. against Superman because yeah, yeah. it makes sense. But instead of using the sonic weapon, he could have just doused him with the. Mm-hmm. Right then. Uh, vaporized K yeah. right then and there. Well, except you got to disorient first so you can't see the next move. Disorient him with the Sonics. Disorient him with the with the guns. Batman knows those aren't going to hurt him. They'll disorient mm-hmm. him so he's not paying attention when he fires the K uh, grenade. Mason, mm-hmm. did you like the, the fight between Batman and Superman? Um, that I thought to myself, well, this is Batman v. Superman, which... It basically meant that it was Batman versus Superman, but mm-hmm. those. But it barely even talked about them fighting in the movie. It only happened one um, for five minutes that mm-hmm. they're just punching back mm-hmm. and forth. So do you wish they would have fought for longer for the movie? A little bit, and also I thought that since it was the title, mm-hmm. I think if they were still gonna have everything just exactly like that mm-hmm. they should change the title of their movie mm, yeah. what is Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice and we talked afterwards about the, how there's a Justice League movie coming um, question though do you think that you know when we talk about Batman versus Superman doesn't always have to be about punching with the fists right yes so you can also have disagreements over well there, there's always disagreements over religion. There's disagreements over politics. Uh, we can call that doctrine, or we can call that ideology. So Superman has a way of thinking that he should be able to go and save people wherever they need to be saved and do whatever means necessary, short of killing, or killing in cases odd, um, to help people out. Batman thinks that anyone who has the potential of destroying everyone should be taken down. So they have two different, essentially... Uh, thoughts of why one, each other is wrong. And I'm sure you have this uh, at school with your friends where you think something is right and someone else thinks something is right and you guys might argue over it. Mm-hmm. So Batman v Superman is not just a punch-out fight movie. It's also, let's think about this. Let's think about the ideologies of mm-hmm. superheroes with powers, people without powers. Where does this structure fall? And a lot of this movie really deals with mythology. Mm-hmm really deals with, you know, these gods that we have created. Right. Elevating mm-hmm. Superman to a god. In fact, Lex Luthor, his whole his, craziness yeah, his whole thing. is about putting God in his place. Mm-hmm. 
And I found that very, I mean, there's a lot of symbolism in this movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the part that I loved at the very end, I'm jumping around because we literally, listeners, we just got <laughs> back from this movie. Out, yeah. The thing that I loved was this, here's Clark Kent, Superman, mm-hmm. the most powerful being on the planet, mm-hmm. and he's buried in a simple pine box. Yeah, it's nice. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. So nice. It made me cry. But um, going back to the fi- fighting part. Yeah. And Mason, so do you understand that it doesn't always have to be about fighting with the fists? It can also yeah. be about fighting over ideas? Okay. Well, that's what I actually liked about the film, is that that was the majority of the fight, of them just being, like, people mm-hmm. and not being, like, super powerful heroes and just kind mm-hmm. of duking it out in this weird thing. Even not even interacting, except that one thing at Lex's party. Right, right. Kind of on their own, like, mm-hmm. going, like, mm-hmm. back and forth, back nice, and forth. Some very nice parallel storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, I re- I was going to say, I really like, you're talking about people fighting with words, and uh, we live in a great democracy where we get to fight, or we don't, we get to talk about words and not fight in the street and stuff. Uh, But it's interesting because the whole point of the city, the Senate hearing committee, Mm -hmm. was to bring Superman in so they could have this talk about power struggles Mm -hmm. and what you're going to be, and then that whole thing gets absurd by Lex and just like blows the whole thing up. Which I thought, just think about them, I'm like, oh, that's really nice because you, yeah. we have like, you oh, can we're really trying start to, to see, do this thing, right. and then <laughs> nothing. You can really see Lex Luthor, and this, and I think maybe watching this movie a second time would be very useful, mm-hmm. because it's not until the end after the bomb goes off in the Senate, and it's not really the end of the movie, where Lex Luthor no. kind of reveals all of his plans that I've been doing this all along, mm-hmm. but then if you reflect back to further in the movie, you see Lex playing everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean... He's he is he's basically telling everyone. I know that Clark Kent is Superman because Al, look at that grip that he has. He's not being mm-hmm. he's not being you know jokey. He's being serious and telling people. I know who Superman is, and he's like, hey, Clark Kent and Batman and uh, oh, Bruce Wayne yeah. meeting together for the first time. He knows that these two are destined to collide because he knows this. He plays the senator so that she is. Uh, forcing Superman to come and talk. He plays the guy with the with the broken legs, mm-hmm. and more than likely, he's been taking uh, he's been taking those checks and oh, sending yeah. them back to Bruce. He's manipulating everyone's mind throughout this whole movie, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you know pulls it pulls it off. Two, I loved two oh, big questions. Okay, um, I've been thinking this throughout our whole talk. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't watch Man of Steel, how do you think it would have affected you watching this movie? Would That's it... a good question. That's a really good question, Mason. Well, as a as a uh, as a human who only watched about half of Man of Steel, <laughs> um, I guess I wouldn't say I didn't know all that happened in Man of Steel because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wake up every once in a while and there's a loud boom in that right, movie. Right. Um, I think you could still enjoy this film not seeing Man of Steel. I, I think you could. I think you could still get the story they're trying to tell from it. I would agree I th- in the idea of I think you might be able to. Yeah. But things like why are Lois and Clark living together? Yeah, How do they true. know the relationship? What's going on yeah. with uh, Perry White and, and uh, Jenny and all this stuff? I think there's I think that there's some benefit in seeing Man of Steel. And when you think about a, even though this is not a, you know, Man of Steel was now announced as a trilogy of movies, you can see all of this stuff playing out mm-hmm. 
uh, through these movies. And so they're very interconnected at this point with uh, only two movies in with yeah. the promise of more coming down the line. Those two movies, I think, are very interconnected because you can't have the discussion of what do you do, how do you let someone go run around unchecked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without knowing, well, what's everybody complaining about? I mean, But you do get a lot of that discussion through following True. Bruce through Metropolis. True. You, you can, I think, insinuate. Do you think that, Rob? I, I think you get... You probably get enough of the uh, information from Man of Steel to mm-hmm. not have seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of smaller things, smaller details yeah. that are yeah. just going to be lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, the, think, like, I think the biggest one is Clark and Lois living right. together. And I agree. And I think, I guess I'm coming from a standpoint of people know Superman stories and they know the characters. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you have no idea... Lois and Clark is a thing that's been going on for decades. Then I guess that would be confusing. Yeah. I was actually oh, go ahead. More surprised by them living together right away. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, but we it's been got eighteen months, right? <laughs> well, I mean, we got none of the love story in the first movie, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's there and they they met for the first time. Yeah, at the end of the movie, kind of at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's no love story there, and then they're living together. Two years. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I was like, oh, no, well, yeah. that happened, apparently. I think, I think that plays into the general notion of we kind of know Superman mm-hmm. as a culture. Mm-hmm. And I really think you get enough of that story. I mean, of yeah. the love yeah. throughout that you're not yeah. like, that's weird. Mason, do you think you would have been able to understand this movie if you hadn't seen Man of Steel? Um, I think I might have got a little bit of it, but some of the parts... I think you really need to watch Man of Steel to understand throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Okay, good question. What's your second question that you had? After this, I have another one. Okay, great. Um, Superman has a backstory, mm-hmm. right, about him being a kid and his parents sending him off to space to Earth. Right. But then yet, in the scene, it mm-hmm. shows... Kind of like the end of Man of Steel right, that was almost. The whole point. Yeah, the title. But together. then it shows kind of the beginning of Batman right. in the beginning of the movie. Right. I thought at first it's gonna maybe show Superman oh. um as a kid and his parents sending him off, yeah. not him already as an adult fighting off General Zod. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think to answer your question on this is, uh, the last time that we saw a Batman movie, it was directed by a director by the name of Christopher Nolan, and before that, it was directed by uh, what's his name, Schlocky McSchlockerton. Yep, that's right. Um, and I then know you know, you go back far enough, you got Tim Burton. Yeah. Many times when directors get a hold of a big property. Uh, they want to put their stamp on it. They want to say, hey, I want people to know that this is my take on this story. So in Tim Burton's Batman from 1989, before Rob was even born, um, oh, I'm sorry, before Zach was before even I was born. born. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, a director by the name of Tim Burton gave his take on Batman's origin and how Batman, uh, how his parents died, how Bruce Wayne's parents died. Then when Christopher Nolan came in, he wanted to take give his take on how Bruce Wayne's family died. Now we have a different director, Zack Snyder. He wants to put his stamp and say, well, this is my vision on why um, 
on, on why the, um, uh, the death happened. There's also another part that I think does, is kind of important uh, because I'd mentioned that they play up on this night factor a whole lot. Mm-hmm. If you go back, and I know everyone knows if you've read Batman long enough that they were coming from a Zorro show, showing. Mm-hmm. What's important in that sequence, if you're, gonna, if you're going to include it and have to include it, is the marquee behind them as they're walking. Yeah. It says, Coming Wednesday, Excalibur, mm-hmm. which was this huge night movie about uh, the Knights of the Round Table mm-hmm. and the Green Swords and all of this stuff. So that by the time Batman shows up at the end of this movie, he's dressed as a knight. And he has mm-hmm. a sword or a javelin that a knight might have. So, you know, he's, <laughs> Zack Snyder is moving away from the Zorro mythos, although we did see a poster hanging up, mm-hmm. into this knight Excalibur origin mm-hmm. story. So long story short, Mason, mm-hmm. different director wants to give his take on it. Why didn't we get to see a Man of Steel origin story? Because Zack Snyder directed Man of Steel... So he doesn't feel like he needs to tell us that origin story again. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. My final question, okay. and then I'll be quiet for a while. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you read the comics, mm-hmm. do you think this would spoil the movie at yes. all for you? Good question, because that's where I wanted to go. Uh, we'll, go we'll go ahead and do it now, but I do want to come back and talk about all the actors and the characters. Okay. Okay. So, if you have read... DC's new 52 Justice League movie, you have seen, or the Justice League series, mm-hmm. the comic book series, the first 12 issues of that, you know what's coming up in this movie. You know what's going on. And let me explain why. First of all, we have a sequence where Batman is having a quote unquote dream where there's all these paramilitary units and we see parademons oh, yeah, we've flying heard parademons. in. Yeah. Not just we the parademons. See, we the, see the, uh, the, the giant omega, friggin' omega, omega symbol on the symbol. ground burned into the ground. That's all dark side. Yeah. Then, oh, yeah, I forgot what the omega symbol. Then, yeah. we, as Bruce Wayne that. wakes up, there is somebody kind of dressed in red oh, yeah. kind of stuff, popping and screaming, saying, don't trust him, it's all a lie, blah, 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 and gets sucked out and then we, he wakes up and he's like, well, that's weird. Well, first off, that made me giddy in my pants. Yeah, yeah I was a little giddy. <laughs> like, uh, my roommate John uh, had a, had that theory, that explicit theory of because he'd seen the pictures of the mm-hmm. Flash and yeah. the uh, like armory version yeah. of him, and it's like, what if the whole reason he's there is because he's coming back in time to prevent? No, <laughs> not coming back in time. Coming from a different universe. Coming from a different oh, Earth. You think, you think it's a yes. different Earth? Because if you read that Justice League series, Darkseid is moving from one universe to another and destroying each Earth in that process. That's how mm-hmm. the whole Earth 2 storyline, how uh, a Power Girl and mm-hmm. Huntress ended mm-hmm. up on Earth, is because he was blowing up those, he was destroying the Earth and they were escaping through those boom tubes. So, flash forward. Again, if you have read the, uh, if you've read that Justice League series at the end where you're hearing. Uh, uh, Lex Luthor going, he's coming, ding, 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 ding. That's mm-hmm. the mother, that's the, that's the uh, cube. Oh, that's yeah. the, not the mother ping, box. Mother box, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the mother, mother box. box. It's the it's ping, right. ping, ping, he's saying ping, ping, ping. And if you w- read that Justice League story again, mm-hmm. all throughout that, there's a character that's going, I hear these ping, 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 pings. Final piece of the puzzle here is Cyborg's creation. His dad is sitting there, I'm authorizing this blah, blah, blah thing, this cube, spin yeah. up and do that thing. That's the cube. Uh, that's, the, mm-hmm. that's the mother yeah. box cube. Sweet. So it all ties into this whole dark side thing that's coming in Justice League. And if you have read the DC's New 52, this played out almost like an adaptation of the first 12 issues of the really? Justice League, or at least part of it. 
It was weird whenever I saw that. I was like, holy crap, they're doing this. But then again, for people like Mason or other people who have not seen this before, totally lost on... It's going to be totally lost on the audience. Mm -hmm. Which, again... So that's my theory. Is that it's, it's an ad adaptation of that. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a future. It was a parallel Earth. Mm -hmm. Which, if you follow what uh, Diane Nelson, Jim Lee... Uh, uh, Greg Berlanti have all said, they're like, hey, look, we've established that there's a multiverse. The Batman-Superman oh, stuff yeah. is in its own multiverse. The uh, CBS stuff is in its own multiverse first. The CW stuff is in its own multiverse. They're playing up the whole multiverse thing throughout. And so then they'll do crazy crossovers once they get Darkseid and just like they start destroying. They're like, all the shows are going to get canceled. Too bad. We're going to end them all by Darkseid destroying them all. Could be. But uh, for, for people that are wondering, I think Bruce was tapping into another dimension. That's my theory. Another universe. You still think it's the future. I, I think it's probably the future. Uh, because I, I thought yeah. it was Flash coming back to warn him. He's like, no, Lois is the key. Don't mm -hmm. let her die. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the gist of what I got yeah, from what yeah, Flash yeah. was well, saying. Well, you know what would have been great for that theory? Because I, I, I think he came back in time. I think Flash came back in time. Could but very well be. What would have been great for your theory is if they got the Flash TV yes. actor to do that crossover. Mm -hmm. That would have been insane. Because mm -hmm. it's not like you could see clearly enough. Because right. I think if you look at the that image of him talking to Bruce compared mm -hmm. to the security cam footage when Wonder Woman's clicking through all the files mm -hmm. and you see Flash, they don't quite... like It's right. not enough you can compare them to. Mm -hmm. right, right. So if it was just it enough been, It would have been nice if they yeah. would have done that to where that would have been Greg and Gustin because that would have been That awesome. would have been amazing. <laughs> but it also would not made have made sense in what's going on currently. Well, I don't, know, I don't know what's happening so. in there. Um, in Man of Steel, there is a moment where Superman is destroying the, the world machine. And a lot of people pointed this out. Some people didn't see this. I don't know if you saw this, Rob. But at one point, it looked like Henry Cavill's face looked like Christopher Reeve when he's destroying that. A lot of people saw this. And they were wondering, oh, is there some manipulation going on to kind of subtly play into the audience's thought that, hey, Cavill is just as good as Christopher Reeve. Mm -hmm. In this or movie... In this movie, when Superman has come up and he's holding the spear and he's, you know, pa almost passing out from from being underwater, and he's about to, and he's kissing Amy Adams, Lois Lane, uh, he looks like a depowered Christopher Reeves from like Superman Two. It was really weird. I was like, "Gosh, that really is a weird resemblance." And mm. I didn't know if you guys caught that or not. Mm. Well, I'm not as I'm not as familiar with it as you are. Nate as doesn't well. know who. Yeah. Uh, Mason doesn't even know who uh, Christopher Reeves is. So. Um, for the comics, how you said it spoils the movie? It doesn't necessarily spoil the movie, but um, it could potentially spoil what's coming. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are there comics already out that they made, that DC made, that is about part one and part two of the Justice League. Well, that's why I said. Read Justice League. The new 52 Justice League, I think, is the, the clearest indication of where they're going. You can also read The Dark Knight Returns, which is kind of the basis for this whole Batman-Superman fight. Mm -hmm. In fact, the whole Batman-Superman fight is based on that final chapter. I already said when Superman gets nuked up in space, that comes from the nuclear bomb that they set off at the end of uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, mm -hmm. the end of the Dark Knight Returns volume, and how he gets re-energized and rebuilt from the sun. Um, so yeah, there's all that. And then of course there's the birth and death of Superman where Superman fights doomsday. We've reviewed that on the major spoilers podcast. In fact, I think we've reviewed all of those titles over on the major spoilers podcast. So mm -hmm. there's all of that that people can go to as source material. But as I said earlier, I like this movie because of its comic book ties and me being able to pick up on this. 
But if you're not familiar with all this stuff, you may not like it. If you hated Man of Steel, you're probably not going to like this. And I can totally get, I can totally mm-hmm. back you on that. And if your, if your enjoyment of this movie is based on Zack Snyder's retelling of comic book stuff and your knowledge of comic book information, then this movie fails. Ultimately fails. Hmm. If it's relying on the audience to already know this stuff coming mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I had a specific thought. Uh, oh, I uh, my my biggest problem with Doomsday right now is my favorite character is also one of my favorite favorite DC characters is the first person to go up against Doomsday right after Superman dies, mm-hmm. and he's not gonna be in here. Booster ever. Gold, yes, yeah. Well, you don't gold. know that. Okay, well, we've got Rebirth coming up in a in a week. Uh, hello, or yeah, no, this weekend. Hello, future people. They said there's big things planned for Booster Gold. So if there's big things playing for Booster Gold in the comics, what do you bet it might align with the uh, the movies? With the movies, I I will be 100 percent stoked for that. Yeah, that's, dead. That's, dead. that's my problem. Is like yeah. the Booster's supposed to be the person <laughs> who comes up and take the punch. That's All right. That's that moment that Booster is the hero. Everybody loved Ben Affleck as uh, Batman Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Everyone's still on board with Superman uh, Henry Cavill. I'm fine with it. No problems. Uh, Lois Lane and Amy Adams. First off, I just want to acknowledge, why is she just listed as Lois? They never say that's Lane. True. Yeah, that's true. Even in the credits, it's just Lois. Yeah. If it drives him to the wall. I don't understand it. Uh, Diane Lane, good as Martha Kent return. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Perry White. Sure. Yeah. Any problem with Jeremy Irons as Alfred? He's I a, liked him as Alfred. Yeah. He's a bit salty. I liked yeah. him. Yeah, he's, he's good. Salty and, and surly. Let me put it. Let me let me give you one other thing. Had they edited that a little differently, it could have been another out of Batman not killing people because we find out that Af- Alfred has he the ability to control it. the Bat plane remotely. Had they flipped that edit around, yeah. and had Alfred firing those trigger the the guns, mm-hmm. Batman would not have been killing anyone. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I I really did dig Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. thought that was a good that was good, good choice. Uh, Holly Hunter as Senator Finch. Yeah, sure, she's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the big two. Gal Gadot. Um, yeah. Quick thing about Alfred. Okay. I don't think he looked like the cartoon Alfred right. or the comic Alfred. Yeah, he doesn't look. He's much older, right, at this point in his life. Yeah. 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 Maybe you should read a book, and here might be another pl- uh, book that people might want to reference. You should not read it because you're too young to read it. <laughs> uh, Batman Earth One, yeah, Volume Earth One. one. Yeah. yeah. Because that uh, Alfred in this movie is seems to be more in line with the Alfred from mm-hmm. that book. He also kind of feels like the Alfred from Gotham. Uh, maybe a little bit, yes. A little, yeah. little bit darker, a little uh-huh. bit more willing to backtalk mm-hmm. Bruce. Yep. Of course, that one's because the Bruce is a kid, but... Yep. yep. <laughs> Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Did oh, you yeah. like Wonder yes. Woman in this I movie? I really oh, like yeah. her. Wonder yeah, Woman was, awesome. I think Wonder Woman might actually be my favorite part. Just, a lot of people have said that. A lot yeah. of people who have come out said people were clapping and hooting and hollering sweet. when Wonder yeah. Woman showed up. I mean, she was really good. I really like it. I like yeah. the mystery behind this character. I, I've com- I've said it before that the Wonder Woman movie feels very much like it's going to be a Captain America movie, and I mm-hmm. love the very first Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Captain America set in World War II. Wonder Woman will be set in World War One. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. There awesome. Will be, there will, you saw the picture, right? It said 1918. Yeah. yeah. No, I was like, I was stoked to find that she had been part. Like, I <laughs> yeah, didn't realize yeah. that they were actually there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That they announced Captain America has like Peggy Carter. Wonder Woman has Steve Trevor. He's in that picture mm-hmm. from there. I really like well, Wonder and Woman, and she was super that, awesome. I mean, there's yeah. this part where Doomsday knocks her down, 
and her weapon and everything has fallen away. And the, it's an odd, awkward angle for her to be splayed out like she is. But you see, there's a smile on her yeah. face that she is enjoying this yeah. fight. Mm-hmm. She As shakes she turns, her head, turns to grab the sword, and just grins. And she's just smiling because yes. she enjoys this battle. Yeah. Like, no, the Gal Gadot was a phenomenal choice. Oh, they I did agree. great it, with yeah. Wonder Woman. Everyone was yeah. like, oh, I don't did, know. And then everyone's like, holy frick. Did you like Wonder Woman, Mason? Yeah. What did you yeah. like best about Wonder Woman? I don't really know. I kind of liked everything about her. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. And she busted out all of the sweet weapons. Oh, yeah, she did. They she didn't show bracelets. her the invisible jet, though. I was like, we're going to see her in the invisible jet. We're gonna see she's going to get jet. off the airplane. She's going to jump in uh, an invisible seat. That's the, how else would she have got there? Uh, she got there on the, the invisible jet. So we didn't see oh. everything. We saw her shield. We saw... Um, I was just saying the airplane was on the ground still. <laughs> we saw... But, we saw shield, we saw sword, we saw bracelets or bracers. Yes. We didn't see her use her tiara as a as a boomerang. I think that device. one might be a little that outdated at this point. There. Maybe. But yeah, the I lasso that was, was really sweet. Good. Yeah, the lasso, the lasso was, was there. Awesome. Yes. Oh god, the lasso. <laughs> yeah. So and again, I'm being devil's advocate cuz I yeah. really love Wonder Woman in this. I'm not trying to put the character down, but let's play a devil's ad- advocate for All a moment. All right. Do you think enough people know Wonder Woman? To understand all of her powers and no. what she is capable of. No, no, not at all. Either, even I don't. I was like, oh, I, okay, sure, she's super freaking fast. All right, great. So, <laughs> I wonder, and we haven't seen the Wonder Woman movie. No, but in in DC, or Warner Brothers' attempt to be like Marvel, and I'm not saying that they are, but in their attempt to be similar in let's build this world building thing. Marvel went about it with character, 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 team. Yeah. This one kind of went from team to now let's go back and talk about each of these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be problematic, I think. And with Wonder Woman especially, where suddenly she's whipped out this magic lasso and people are like, what is this thing? What does it do? I, yeah. I think the lasso is iconic enough with Wonder Woman Probably. that they are going to get that. Yeah. I don't think that the thing I'm wondering is if people are going to understand that Wonder Woman is basically on the same power level yes. as Superman. That's yes. that's the part that I think people are going to be and, surprised and confused and about. And the other thing that I'll be interested in, in seeing if they touch on, because Wonder Woman's powers are based on magic, mm-hmm. if they will ever touch on this thing about the Kryptonian weakness to magic. Because, you know, ultimately Doomsday is being brought down by magical weapons. Yeah. Losing his hand, mm-hmm. losing his arm, leg, whatever. As she cuts him, it's a magical weapon. Of course, she could also be just super strong, which is fine. I don't have yeah. a problem with that. But I yeah. wonder if they will, because that's, again, another comic book tie in that. So, all right. Last but not least, because it's the one that surprised the hell out of me. Yes. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Holy frick. Two thumbs up. I loved it. The minute that he was announced as Lex Luthor, I was like, boo, hiss, this is going to suck. Even the first trailer, I thought, I am not going to watch an entire movie of this man speaking like this. Now that you understand his craziness, yeah, and the way he's played out in this whole thing, I was like, "Holy crap! This is actually a Lex Luthor I can get behind." Well, it was like the Joker. I mean, honestly, it was yeah, like maybe a little bit too much Joker, but definitely it's well, not Eugene Hackman crazy. No, it's definitely it is. You can see a little bit of the Joker zaniness, uh, craziness in there. Well, wait, there's somebody who of is Martha. I'm like, come on, just killing joke. Just some unhinged, some unhinged moments. I, yeah. I, I, I just really like that. Now, Rob, you're Rob ready to jump the, in. The, is the, the really, really liked Jesse Eisenberg's character. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Lex Luthor. <laughs> Except that, if you go back and read the comics, Lex Luthor comes off as somebody that knows what he's talking about. And in the beginning of the movie, he is mm-hmm. kind of that way. And people could say, oh, he's a little bit eccentric because he gave, gave that speech at the library and everything. He's just being weird and everything and telling a story. And he could be that way. 
But then when Lex Luthor goes all power suit and, you know, starts jumping into crazy machines, he's like, eyes are wild right. and his hands are clenched in the air. And Jesse Eisenberg does kind of pull that off at the end. Yeah, but Lex Luthor dealing with people mm-hmm. isn't supposed to be, he's yeah. not supposed to have that wild, zany feel when he, like, he's supposed to be the charismatic he should be. villain that yes. managed to get himself elected president. Yes. Okay. Okay. I see that. Now, what's when I was watching this, I was like, okay, forget Social Network. For, for, forget that he played Mark Zuckerberg for a second. Yeah, he's, he is very much doing that same well, thing. Well, what I'm saying, he is a current day mega corporation CEO. Mm-hmm. Like that, he's he's that. He is that character. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor, uh, you know, the heyday of Lex 90s and stuff, got that CEO down. Jesse Eisenberg plays a modern day huge mega corporation yeah. CEO. Like I think like amazing, like probably a little over the top, but like he has that characteristic. He's all over the place. He's like kind of young. I don't how old do you think he is in this movie? Jesse Eisenberg? No, I mean in this movie, how oh, old well, do you think Lex is supposed I, to be? It's between you and me. <laughs> he's probably yeah. thirty five yeah. in the movie. Oh, no. you think so? I think he's like twenty eight, maybe thirty. Yeah, I think he's somewhere between me and Zach. Because well, okay. he talked about his dad dying. Mm-hmm. Well, because how old do you think Superman is? He, he's probably about the same age. I mean, they're both yeah. about 30, 35. Yeah, I could see them being like 30. Mm. I just, Mark Zuckerberg, I'm sorry, not Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg <laughs> has a very boyish face, which yeah. makes him play younger. Mm-hmm. But I always see that uh, Superman and Lex Luthor are roughly the same age. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's and fair. I, how old, how actual age? What are uh, Eisenberg was born in 83. So, so what's that, 33? 32 at this 32. point. Yeah, and he's a year older than I am. And Cavill, Cavill is, is 83. They're both the exact same age. Just a m- couple months yeah. off. So there you go. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I, I, didn't th- I was going in going, I'm going to hate this, I'm going to hate this, I'm going to hate this. And I was like, you know what? This is a movie. This is someone's interpretation of the story, which is fine. Everybody has a different interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really kind of dug it at the end after I just let go of the, any kind of hatred or prejudice that I had going yeah. into this movie. And really, honestly, I'm being honest, I, I know I'm super excited about this, and I've been known to say I love Batman and Dark Knight Returns is a seminal book for me, but I really enjoyed this story because I just let it go and said this is someone's interpretation of these characters and events. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, had it been awful, I'd be here saying, well, and I was really prepared coming I back on, okay, what are prepared. some things that I could talk about that would really make this movie, if this movie is awful, how do I want to uh, approach right. this topic? I didn't think it was awful. No. I don't think it's the best movie ever made. I think technically, oh, no. I think technically there is some, I think. There is some odd CG odd stuff. St- oh, God, yeah. There was some weird CG stuff. I Not still as think, bad as the Avengers, though. I, no, Age of you're right. Uh I still think Zack Snyder, like you, you know, when you yeah. walk into a dark room, yeah. and your eyes have to adjust to the mm-hmm. darkness. That's a Zack Snyder movie right now. It's incredibly dark. You're like, how dark is this movie? And you get to about three quarters of the way through, you're like, oh, okay, it's not as dark anymore. But I'm sure <laughs> if I went and started watching it again, yeah. like this movie is incredibly too dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, oh, there's I, I do like Zack Snyder. I, I do like his his movies, but I think it might be in Warner Brothers' best interest to hand Justice League off to someone else. I uh, agree. Zack Snyder needs to make about a $20 million action film again. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was going to say with the darkness, there's actually points in the movie where uh, 
just just because explosions oh. can't be dark where I'm yeah, yeah. just oh, having yeah. to look away because I can't see yeah. at all because all of a sudden the screen's bright white. Talking about symbolism again um, with the Batman as this knight with the Excalibur and mm-hmm. the, uh, Superman buried in a pint box. When Superman is dead and you have Batman on the left and you've got Wonder Woman on the light uh, on the right, you've got Lois cradling him oh, and she is God, lit up. Yeah. There's like this one shaft of light that comes in and mm-hmm. lights them up, and it's very it's a painting is essentially oh, yeah, what it, it is. Was. And mm-hmm. it's just like wow, they're really painting this as this is a fresco someday. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, freeze on some yeah. uh, column. They're really setting up myth, and I think that's the other thing that's really interesting about. And for people that want to get into Marvel versus DC, where people are like, well, I like Marvel because it's grounded in reality. That's true, because Marvel stories take place in New York and real cities mm-hmm. and real places that people can go to. DC movies are set in a really mythical, fictional universe of Gotham and Metropolis and Themyscira and all this stuff where... It's it's supposed to be high, it's supposed to be not high fantasy, but it's supposed to be fantasy. It's supposed to be literary. It's, it's supposed it's to not modern be, mythology. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is modern mythology, mm-hmm. and I really kind of dug that about this movie. I agree. They, yeah, they did a really good job of setting that up. Uh, there was a few points where there was some Jesus symbolism that I was a little. Uh, is it the one where all the crosses turned upside down <laughs> and, and freaked the crap out of yourself? <laughs> no, no, I love that part. That part was okay, amazing. Okay, so what Jesus metaphor? I mean, um, but all, all, for a long time though. Um, Superman has been compared to a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we don't need it. There was there was one point where I think Batman had a Jesus symbolism thing. I, really? I'm trying to rem- like I, I'm trying to remember all the because yeah. like, it's it's only for a short moment. I know there's the one with Superman when he's in space. Right, right. Uh, again, oh, sure. when he's in space. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you right look at the way he's posed, posed, I mean, there's like he's straight out. And there's also um, poses like, um, uh, what is it, Michelangelo's, um, the Madonna holding uh, Christ after oh, he's been yeah, taken sure. down from the cross and how yeah. he's kind of laid out. Very much like that. Like mm-hmm. really borrowing heavily from art mm-hmm. to create this mythical story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I can see mm-hmm. that. I can also see where that can be a problem. Yeah. What, are, what are some problems? What are, Mason, what's, real quick, what, did, what is something that you really hated? What, what's the thing that you hated the most about this movie? I don't know. <laughs> that, it, that it just ended? That it was over and you couldn't just watch it again immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was the most funniest part of the movie to you? There's not a whole lot of funny stuff, but there is the part where, and I think it got the biggest laugh in the audience, and you know, you not you know about words, but where oh, uh, yeah. Doomsday takes down the bat uh, the bat plane, yeah. and Batman can't get unbuckled enough, and <laughs> yeah. he just has this, oh shit, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, this is good. the end. Yeah. Eep. And yeah, I think Alfred. Nice. Uh, I think for other funny marks, Alfred provides a lot of comedy relief, especially about the whole thing about you know, oh, your children won't have or something about your. There, there won't be children. any wine for the next generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or they're uh, going to inherit an empty wine you're cellar. You're going to need yeah. uh, to find a good no. metropolis woman that yeah, yeah. Tie you make, down, you make you honest. Yeah. Make you honest. Make I think man. that was the funny part. But um, I was um, what I also kind of liked about it was um. The Granny's peach tea part. Oh, because what was that supposed to be? Um, pee. Yeah, that was kind of nice. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to catch yeah. on to that or not, so I'm glad you yeah. caught on to all the pee humor that was throughout that movie. Yeah, it was nice. Speaking of that scene, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor killing off Mercy. Yeah, man, that, that, that was brutal. Me. That was brutal. Sacrifices have to be made, right? Especially I'm... if you let Bruce Wayne walk off with a copy of everything in your computer system. 
I, I understand that, but it was just like, why introduce mercy specifically? You know, like like, like can an immigrant from the original Superman series, and then just kill her off? Unless your theory is any assistant he has is going to be named Mercy. Uh, any assistant is going to be named Mercy. That's a that's a very good one. Um, but there's another reason too. The actress playing her is from China. Chinese actress, very I think, fairly well known in China. I think it was also as a kind of a ploy to to get the the movie more hyped in China. They did the same uh. thing with Wolverine, and they did the same thing with. There was another movie. Um, all of the Marvel movies because yeah, they go to yeah, China yeah, the now. Most, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the, one of the more recent Marvel movies had the same thing where there was they were just putting in these Chinese actresses mm-hmm. and actors because they knew that that's what would pack it over in mm-hmm. in China. So mm. that may have been it. But I yeah, I was disappointed to see Mercy get killed. She was a character. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Uh, anything else we need to cover? Oh, yeah. So a lot of people are gonna if people want to read things into this. Here's my other one, crazy one that I came up with today. Oh, good. And it has to do with internet hate. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so very recently, there's been some friends of mine, a lot of my friends who have some internet personality, have just been dumped on left and right by internet trolls. You know, the classic "go kill yourself," I hope you get cancer. Go, sure. You know, all this oh, wow. kind of stuff. The classic just go internet. Die. All the classic internet things that you see. Um, and then I then I've been I've been really thinking about this because it's been not bothering me like oh I'm going to break down and cry kind of stuff, um, but more from what causes people to have these reactions so vehemently and one thing that i've come up with is that internet haters are jealous right they're jealous of what of what the internet celebrity has and they will do whatever it takes to chip away at what they have so from that internet troll's mind the internet celebrity is a god Mm -hmm. this unattainable thing that they will never reach so let's apply that to batman V Superman. Here's Superman, this god, this unattainable thing that no one will be able to take down, except for the single white male living in his parents' basement. <laughs> that is very, that is very good. Wait, what does Batman do? Yeah, he lives in his parents' basement. Oh, no, I thought you were right? no, 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 no. no, I'm talking, I'm talking <laughs> Batman. Batman is a single white male. Yeah. It's a bat cave, but it's below Wayne Manor. It's his parents' <laughs> basement, right? Uh-huh. It's... And then uh, I, I mentioned this briefly on, on Twitter today, and there was a great comeback. Let me see if I can find uh, that person's Twitter really quick, because it was classic, because I just said, oh, hey, Batman is a single white male, lives in his parents' basement. Uh, this is all starting to make sense about all of this, this hatred that's going mm-hmm. on. And um, Brian, I'm sorry, 20th Primarch... Oh, yeah. I know, Brian. Retweeted back yeah, yeah. and said, it's not a basement, Mom. It's a bat cave. <laughs> well, so does Lex, though. Like yeah. Lex, Lex is, has all these toys. He, he has well, a man cave. Yeah, he, he lives everything. in his parents' yeah. basement. Well, he mm-hmm. even says in that, in his library speech, which is, I think is very important to the character of Lex Luthor, right. he like fumbles around. He's like, well, what does that make me? Because he's dressed this lowly, right, smart right. guy with mm-hmm. no powers, mm-hmm. which was yeah. very telling so on his if, character. if people want to take another commentary on this and, take, <laughs> and try to apply something else, it is about internet hate. Zack Snyder is doing an internet hate <laughs> movie. Sure. I'll take it. Yeah. Sure. I'll run with it. That's fine. Bottom line, Mason, did you enjoy this movie? Yes. Would you recommend other people see it? Yes, but 
I'm not very accurate because I say that to every movie I watch. <laughs> but well, you also, also, it's only because I take you to really awesome movies, right? Yeah. It's, it's just because he lets you see the do. good ones. Yeah. Um, do you think people should go and see this movie? Like you said, it depends on if they like previous movies or mm-hmm. previous comics. Mm-hmm. And... Like you said, um, if you didn't like Man of Steel, you might not like this yeah. movie. Yeah. Rob? I would recommend this. I think my enjoyment of the film got better with our discussion. Mm. Okay. I, I came out of the theater with a bit more negativity. Interesting. Okay. Uh, built into it, but our, like, just. Yeah. What else was negative about it for you? Um. I think I actually touched on I a lot of my points. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I was <laughs> the voice of dissent for most of this no, no, that's interview. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's uh, a lot. Of, like our discussion made me put it in more perspective as to exactly what's going on with a lot mm-hmm. of them. But like mm-hmm. the the opening sequence, I didn't like the yeah, Batman yeah. killing people. I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what was the point of having Aquaman and? Because uh, there's a movie like, coming out, out and we have to find like, them. Like, no, you, you're right. In, in like in the scheme of parts we could have taken out, maybe yeah. the five minute sequence of what we just watched future characters for another movie in two yeah. years, or that. The other thing that I thought that why it was important to see those things in there is because Batman or Bruce Wayne knows that Lex Luthor is probably up to no good, mm-hmm. and he's starting to put pieces together. What I would have liked to have. What I've liked to have seen in this movie is maybe a flip where Batman had set a bunch of things up to cause the showdown between Superman, force Superman's hand to kind of reveal to him why he should let him live or not, but at the same time have already set up a bunch of stuff for Le- uh, against mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. Because Mason and I both agreed that um, the moment where Lois Lane is trapped in the water and after she threw the spear down in there, yeah. because it's right next to the, the bay and the harbor... I honestly thought that that's where they were going to have Aquaman come out of the water, save oh, her with yeah. the spear, and join in the fight. That's that's really yeah, what I was expecting awesome. there, too. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as she dropped it in the water, like, oh, well, this is how Aquaman joins the picture. Yeah. We're cyborg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, again, bottom line for me, I really enjoyed this from a comic book perspective. I thought it was really comic booky, and and while it may not be a faithful adaptation, it's true to... I honestly think it's true to much of what goes on in in comics. Whether people want to agree with me or not, that's my belief, and that's where I'm going to stand. But I do think that this movie can be considered a failure because not everyone has that knowledge. And because everyone doesn't have that knowledge, yes, this movie may have been the worst movie that that someone has ever seen. And I can totally understand if people are taking that stance, totally understand it, and totally support you. But for this person, I thought it was wonderful. I would agree. I went into this film with an incredibly low expectations, and I thought it was going to be utter garbage. Mm-hmm. I think I was wrong on a lot of points. I thought it was much more enjoyable than it is. I think technically the film has some mm-hmm. troubling issues with just weird camera shots and editing and the coloring. I was thinking in the middle of this film, which is not great. I was like... I would love to see the flat image mm-hmm. of this and like yeah. how much they put in the color timing because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just insane. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not shooting that dark. Um, so that is troubling. I thought the story was much better than I thought. 
I th- what I thought mm-hmm. was just going to be two guys I, punching each other the entire time. I did not think the story was disjointed at all. People are like, this is a very disjointed story. And I'm like, no, I understand every little bit that's going on in here. That's a good point. I don't think the story is disjointed. I think it is a solid story when you look at it. Mm-hmm. I do think that the cut from one sequence to another is rough Somewhat and has mm-hmm. some... And has some Probably yeah. some fine tuning or just yeah. some weird things. You are jumping to a lot of characters, right? Not in a confusing manner. It's not like it's Cloud Atlas I, or anything. Uh, it's sad. It's fine. Unfortunately, again, it goes back to that comic book thing. I, you know, uh, those of us well, that have read comic books for a long time, we're used to. Here's a, a couple of opening pa- uh, panels of things going on yeah. in this situation. Here's a couple panels going on in this situation. Here's a couple panels going on in this situation, and it is very abrupt like that mm-hmm. in the comic mm-hmm. book story. So, I, yeah, I can I can understand where people are going to come away with that. Yeah, I think it's disjointed. I think you don't think it's disjointed because, as you know, my dad's read the comics. And he knows a lot more about the movie than mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine if you people. thought. I mean, if that's a criticism, so I can. I, think I can totally understand where you're coming why, from. Um, you're saying it's not disjointed, and some True. other people are saying. True. No, no, you're absolutely right. And there will be a lot of people who will not like this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. When so, I am concerned that I think uh, critic reviews, which I think are probably way too hard in this movie. Um, are going to deter people from seeing it, which I think people... I honestly think I would recommend it to people to go see it. I think it is a yeah. like, super fun time. Sadly, Zack Snyder, Warner Brothers, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck are not listening to this podcast, which no, they not. should. Yeah. If someone's listening to this and can get this episode into their hands, please do so. Yeah. I would really appreciate it. Um, And so I'm also worried about the financial <laughs> success of this film and how this, it affects their future plans. I've talked to a couple of people. Yeah. Um, And... Originally, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, this was movie was only tracking for a hundred hundred and fifty million dollar weekend worldwide. Mm-hmm. It's now looking at three hundred to three hundred and fifty million for the opening weekend. So wow. that's what it was tracking with at, as of Monday. Okay, uh, that's before, or actually, sorry, Friday before uh, when the first premiere was, whatever that first oh, premiere yeah. was, when people started going out on the yeah. internet and saying it was great. It's before the reviewers had done it, mm-hmm. um, but um, it was tracking to 300, 350 million. I think it'll hit a billion. The people that I've talked to really, really think it'll hit a billion in its in its theatrical Because of like a lot of overseas? A lot of, from worldwide, yes. Yeah. It'll hit a billion wor- worldwide without a well, yeah, problem. Sure. Apparently the budget is 200 million and you double that for uh, A&R yeah. and, or P&R and so uh, uh, or P&A probably should go um, so it'll it'll be it'll easily cover its cost here in the United States and so all of the international will be just gravy I think um, I'll wrap it up with this critic score right now as of this moment 1022 mm-hmm. critic score is at 30% mm-hmm. user score is at 77 that is actually <laughs> down a little bit more from... The critic, I think, is, is down from earlier. Oh, uh, the highest I saw the critic rev- score was 36%, yeah. and I think the highest I saw the audience was 78% earlier. Yeah. So I, I think if it comes out, I don't think it'll end up being fresh because they only do fresh based on the critic's response. Um, but again, if you want to listen to the Sheboygan Review tell you not to go see this movie, go right ahead, because that's what the Sheboygan Review said. Uh, yeah. But if they're going to be considered as someone um, 
that Rotten Tomatoes calculates into it, yeah, there's people who are going to hate this movie. There are going to yeah. be people that are going to hate this movie simply because of Ben Affleck. There are people who are going to hate this movie simply because it's a comic book movie, and why are we paying so much heed to, to the comic book movies? Mm-hmm. There are people who are going to come in with their various biases. I tried to be non-biased as much as I could. I really wanted... I didn't want it to be, but I was really anticipating this movie not being good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I. I think ultimately this will end up at about a 75%... User user rating. Yeah, I see that, and that's yeah. to me is a success. I, I mean, that's a, a success. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was a lot better conversation than I thought we were going to have about two o'clock this afternoon about <laughs> this too. movie. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> Which is a great thing. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, head over to Spoilers. It again. Yeah. Do you? I do. Really? One thing I noticed was this is totally just me. Great. But at the <laughs> first part of the movie, uh-huh. um, when he was run when that um, Bruce Wayne was kind of running around in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but he looked almost like a shaved Chris Pratt to me. Oh, okay. Interesting. So ben Affleck looks like Chris Pratt. I bet Ben Affleck would enjoy that. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> well, Chris Pratt's younger. He's in shape. He's good. Uh, I, thought, I thought Ben Affleck was in fantastic oh, yeah, shape. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um... Yeah, good times. Good yeah. times. Head over to MajorSpoilers.com. You can talk all about this episode and Batman v Superman on the podcast posting page and give your thoughts about that there. While you're there, click on the Amazon.com link where you can go buy your very own copy of the graphic novel, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably, I'm going to guess the first volume or 12 issues of The Justice League and the New 52 from DC if you want to kind of get a jump on Steven's uh, theories. I, I really would go check that out. It's not going to yeah. cost you any extra when you use that link. But a little bit will come back to major spoilers, so Steven can spend more time thinking up crazy theories for the DC Cinematic Universe. I've got a million of them. Great. And that's it for this week's episode of Zach on Film. See you next week. Podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment LLC. Hey Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building. Visit Khan's today and find out what invincible feels like.